Welcome to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast with your host, award-winning realtor, Matt Glenn, and top producing mortgage broker, Taylor Atkinson. Professionals in the industry, enthusiastic entrepreneurs, and successful investors. When it comes to real estate, we're all in. Welcome back to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast, Matt. Glad to be here, Taylor, as always. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I always find it odd that you make me feel like question our own every time I come on, but... Uh... Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, today's show was awesome, man. I uh, It was good. So yeah. our guest is Sai Lee. He's uh, out of Ontario. He yeah. is a mortgage broker and yeah. a coach, yeah. master, private money, like the guy does content creator. Yeah, guy does everything real estate. So I've known Sai for a little over a year now, I think. He does some coaching in, in my brokerage as well. We've connected on a few conversations about being an investor, the struggles of it, the opportunities with it. And he just has such a good mindset, like super positive guy but knows his why. Like He's very family-orientated. He blocks yeah. off his chunk of time and does what he needs to do to move the needle. But this guy, his story to me reminds me of a lot of the stories that you'd hear in the States on bigger pockets and that kind of stuff where people are flipping houses and making money and doing all these things that you generally don't see very often in Canada. But this guy's business model is, is tested. He's been doing it for 10 years. Like He knows what he's doing. He's profitable. He's teaching other people to do the same thing. So great. Still great smiling. Point. So obviously he's having a good time at it. Yeah. yeah he's yeah, got excellent energy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Super positive guy. He's yeah. He's just having a good time making money and helping other people. So yeah, um, that's kind of he's what he's got I, big goals too. So he's uh kind of been successful in Canada. He's making a plan to start working in the States as well. Uh all virtually though. So he's not gonna leave his couch, right? Yeah, stay in his yeah. pajamas. Yeah. yeah, his goal is making money in pajamas. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll get to the show, but this is just so nice to have a story that we can share that is fully transparent. There's a 10-year history. It's pretty hard for people to argue like, I can't do it in my market, or it's too expensive, or you can't flip, or you can't assign, or you can't find other people's money, or whatever. Yeah. Um, he does all of these strategies day in and day out, and he's teaching other people how to do it. So if you listen to him and you align with him and you guys are interested, he has a free Facebook group where he provides a ton of this information. You can follow on him Instagram. Like we'll we'll put his information in the show notes, but um, definitely a cool guy to follow along and, and see his success. Yeah, I love talking to him. It's great to meet him. So yeah. All right. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the icebreaker. This segment of the show is brought to you by... Taylor at Venture Mortgages. Come venture into the exciting world of mortgages. Okay, Sai Lee, welcome to the show, man. Awesome to have you. Hey, thanks, guys. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, great to meet you, Sai. Yeah. Yeah. So do you just want to walk us through kind of your your perfect productive Friday, like how that looks from uh, business into you know family lifestyle? Yeah, for sure. So my my perfect Friday, it looks the same every single Friday. And this is what it really comes down to. Like throughout the week, I always go to bed at the same time so I can wake up at the same time, right? Every day. And uh, so Friday, I'm typically up around 6.30 in the morning. From, you know, I kind of do my thing from 7 o'clock till 
I block that off. You know, that's like my three and a half hours of doing some serious deep work because I'm just a big believer that, you know, do all the hard stuff in the beginning, like in the, in the morning, right? Do it, get it done with, don't complain about it because straight up it's that three, three and a half hours that I do of deep work on Fridays on every day, actually, that is 20% of the stuff that I do that generates me 80% of my results. So that's why I will block that time with my life. You cannot get a meeting with me from that time. I do not check emails, uh, no distractions and nothing like that. And so when I'm talking about deep work, it's basically work that moves the needle. It's work that uh, makes me money. And so after about 1030, once I'm done my deep work, I finally go and check my emails to see if there's any fires or anything I need to put out. Are there people I need to get back to? Uh, do I have meetings in that time slot? Whatever that might be. So I'll do that for about an hour and a half, just working on stuff that doesn't require so much creativity or whatever, you know, just kind of like uh, work is work. And then from noon, you know, do some coaching calls. And uh, I'm always done at two o'clock every Friday. So that is my goal. Run a sprint so that I can finish my Friday two o'clock every single Friday so that I can just go chill with my kids, my family, whatever makes the weekend a much longer as well, which is nice, right? Gives me purpose to do what I want to do. I love that. Yeah. I love that too. Do you try to do that every day or is that just a Friday thing? No, every day. Yeah. Every day from uh, seven till 1030, you cannot get a hold of me. (laughs) If you call me, it's going to voicemail. I don't care. I'll deal with you at 1030. You know what I mean? Like, because that's my time to uh, do some serious work. Is uh so your reference to deep work is that based on Cal Newport's book? No, it's it's actually because uh, I I just call it that because one of my um like a, a coach I had before called it deep work, so it's just something that I've adopted uh from him over time. Yeah, <laughs> That's where yeah. I got it from. <laughs> yeah, it sounds similar. Basically, like focus on the things that move the needle and just don't multitask and try and do everything at once. So absolutely. And then, so, Sai, what what is your work like? What do you do? Like, what do you what are you doing deep work in? Basically, um, prospecting for sure. Yeah. So prospecting, and it could be uh, sometimes as easy as follow-ups through uh, like DMs through social media. It could be uh, like one of my things right now I'm doing is content creation. Yeah. And because it brings me money. So, yeah. uh, you know, content creation is important. Generating content as well, like freebies, you know, shooting video, stuff like that that is building up my audience stuff like that that's going to drive people into sales calls that's what i mean like like stuff like that and is, awesome. is most of your work like percentage-wise i guess mortgage broker financing compared to scaling your real estate portfolio coaching clients how does that look so my mortgage business i have a pretty sweet mortgage business i mean it basically runs on its own i put about three hours a day into my mortgage business that's it and it's only because I have a kick-ass team, okay? So yeah. I have a, I have this girl on my team. She is the freaking best. Like, you know, I mean, I don't collect documents. Yeah. I don't download documents. I don't rename them. I don't, you know, do any of the fulfillment. Yeah. Somebody takes care of all of that. All I do is just, I just do the opening call. You know, I talk to the clients. I build a strategy. I basically um, go over signing packages with them and I say, congratulations. Like I do four things, you know, in my mortgage business. And it takes me, you know, sometimes about two, three hours a day. That's why I have so much time to go and build other cool stuff 
And I think ultimately, at the end of the day, it just really depends on how efficient you are and what you choose to do with your time. You know, like I'm running two full-time businesses. I'm a full-time dad. But ultimately, it's because I'm protecting my time with my life. That's why. I'm not yeah. letting people come in and distract me from my time and, and all that kind of stuff. That's why I can do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's that is hard to do. Yeah, that's something that I definitely struggle with. You know, like <laughs> it's not always perfect though. Okay. Like I have yeah. my days, Matt. You know, I have my days. But uh, you know, sometimes if I don't feel productive or whatever, I gotta bring it back to those basics. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know what? Scheduling is everything. And just bring it back to those basics and you get way more done than trying to find the next shiny object. <laughs> Let's dive into you as an investor, like that side of business, because basically you're doing stuff in Canada that, you know, it's, it's a myth. It's a legend. People talk about it all the time. Other people's money, JV, flipping, assigning, things that happen predominantly, probably more in the States profitably. Um, there are obviously people doing it in Canada, but we don't meet them on a daily basis. So um, can you share with our listeners... I guess, kind of your business and you do a lot of coaching in that space as well, right? Like you bring up people that essentially know nothing about real estate and you educate them and, and build them a profitable portfolio. That's right. Yeah. So how does your your coaching program work? If somebody wanted to reach out to you, um, I know you take, you know, a limited amount of people because you want to focus on that, you know, one-on-one -on -one kind of coaching. Um, how does that look if somebody called you up and said, Hey, I want to be part of your program. Can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if anybody want to get a hold of me, they wanted to find out more information about the coaching program, I'm more than happy to talk to about it uh, here today as well. But my main thing is I have a free uh, Facebook group right now and I'm giving stuff off for free guys, like go and join my free Facebook group. I'll give it to you guys. If you guys don't mind putting in the show notes, Oh, definitely. Yep. just go follow me there. Like I'm a pretty open guy. There's free stuff there. Okay. Don't worry. It's all free. And if you want to, <laughs> if you want to jump on a call with me, like, just shoot me a DM. Just be like, hey, Sai, you know what? I, I I heard you on Taylor and Matt's podcast. You know, uh, can we connect or whatever? Like, I'm that easy, okay? Just go yeah. there, send me a DM, and uh, and we'll jump on a Zoom call together. Yeah, that sounds great. So let's talk about your business. Are you working on any deals lately? Like, what's going on? What I've been doing is, I've been a real estate investor for the last 10 years. And like what Taylor was saying earlier, you know, everybody thought that, listen, you can't do this in Canada, okay? <laughs> like, yeah. But I'm an old school cat. Like I was yeah. one of the first guys that was doing it in my city. And I was the guy that was going out and putting out all the signs and all that. And I'll buy your it was house. Crazy. It was hilarious because everybody yeah. was making fun of me for it. They're like, oh, yeah. they're sigh, you know, it's putting yeah. up signs in my neighborhood now and doing this and that. And they laugh about it. And but what they didn't realize was those signs alone was like making me like a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And the reason how I got into this was because. When I started, I actually had two uh, U.S. coaches. Yeah, I had two U.S. coaches, and you know, I'm going through this one coaching program. Like, it's all U.S. based, right? And I'm like, what the hell? Like, how the heck are we ever going to make this work in Canada? Like, makes no yeah. sense. But yeah. Taylor knows me. I'm just that kind of guy that I'll always make things work. Uh, I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. All I need to do is translate this stuff to a Canadian version of it, where obviously it's legal that it works. And so I started doing that. I went out, I talked to realtors, lawyers, like you name it, man. Yeah. Everybody told me I was crazy. They're like, no, Sai, can't do this in this market. It's illegal. First of all, nobody's yeah. ever going to sell you their house for 80 cents on the dollar. Yeah. Just going to take no for an answer. And after that, I ended up flipping like 30 houses. 
And then yeah. everybody got on the train. It's like, why is there so much wholesalers now? Why is there people assigning stuff? Why are people using OPM now and JVs and all that kind of stuff? Like I was doing this like way before people even thought it was possible. And then I met another guy who was my coach and he was based uh, locally in Canada. And he was like my creative real estate investment coach. He was the one that taught me, you know, hey, sorry, let's go and use OPM. Let's, let me show you how to go and buy as many houses as possible and using creative strategies, yeah. right? Because he was a multifamily guy. Yeah. And if you think about it, like a lot of the creative strategies and stuff that we do today, it actually all came from multifamily. Yeah. So the guy's like, why don't I just teach you what we do in multifamily and you translate that into single family because that's what you want to do. I'm like, yeah, why not? And so that's what we've been doing. So that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years. And then I got in the mortgage business that kept me busy. So I took uh, my foot off the gas for a little bit. And then uh, last year, I ended up buying a, a rental property to hold. Uh, but what I'm doing right now, uh, to answer your question, I'm not doing anything locally. I'm just starting a new venture in a new market. That's what I'm doing. Okay. So where is local for you? Like, where are you out of? Where do you work? I am in uh, Kitchener, Ontario. Oh, okay. Kitchener. Yeah. Awesome. And then, but, like, that's not an inexpensive market either, right? Like, Kitchener is fairly expensive in terms of Canada investing. That's right. Like, it's not exactly Toronto uh, yeah. pricing. Yeah. Definitely better price than Toronto. But it's just, uh, I'm just fortunate because it is such a good investor market. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a good yeah. investor market for flipping because the buyer pools there. You got buyers from so many different pools, whether that be small families, downgrading, upgrading. You got your first time home buyers. Like the market is hot for demand. So when you fix and flip houses, like there will be a buyer who wants to pay a premium. Kind of walk us through like an average deal that you would do in terms of a flip. Like obviously you're exploring other markets, but what's kind of been your your niche? What's the cost of a single family house? How much do you put into it to flip it? What's kind of the profit margin? Uh, time? Also, when you say uh, OPM, like op- other people's money, like what what does it look like? How does that? What do you mean by that? Sure, I'll uh, yeah. I'll answer Taylor's questions first, yeah. and I'll get to you, Matt. Yeah. So my my definition of a flip is this: flipping a house like a true flip is like when you basically do nothing to the house, okay? You buy it and you flip it to somebody else, you collect the spread. Like that to me is a flip. A fix and flip is like when you actually own it, you know, you're going to fix it up, you're going to add improvements and then you're going to sell it for a profit, right? I've done both and I'm not a big fan of fixing and flipping because it just comes with so much different risk, headaches and all that kind of stuff. I'm more of a guy where I keep my investing really simple, Buy it low, sell it higher for what you bought it for. That's it. So a typical one would be, Taylor, is anything that's 80 cents on the dollar, man. Every deal to me is good as long as it's 80 cents on the dollar. You know, you buy a house, just keep the number simple, $500,000. Well, guess what? I need to buy that at 400 grand. And I don't want to swing a single hammer. I don't even want to hire a contractor. I don't want to do any of that. I'm just going to put it under contract for $400,000. And I'm either going to flip it to a buyer who's going to pay me more for it I could assign it, or I might just close it with cash and put a sign on it the next day. And are you finding, like, do you have a bunch of real estate agents looking for you, or you just know the market so well? Do you have systems in place? Like, how do people reproduce the same, same 80 cents on the dollar buying habits? Yeah. So I've gotten pretty good deals from agents as well from the uh, previous years. And here's the thing is uh, I look at it like this. So when I was building this business over the last 10 years, like last time I checked, okay, on my phone alone, 
like all my contacts I add on, I'll put their name hyphen whatever profession they're in. So it'll be like, you know, Joe Smith hyphen realtor. Last time I checked Taylor, I had over a thousand realtors on my phone. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and listen, <laughs> if you want to catch a big fish, how do you do it? You don't work with five, 10 realtors. You work yeah. with thousands. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to sell your house, what do you do? You call one, two realtors, or do you build your own MLS on your phone? Yeah. Right. So I have like thousands of bird dogs out there looking for houses for me all the time. So to answer your question before, Matt, like, well, PM, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, it could be joint venture money, you know, from somebody else, right? The buyer, the investor that you're going to do a joint venture with. It could be from a HELOC. It could be yeah. from RRSP, self-directed money. But ultimately, yeah, I mean, my favorite form of OPM really is just somebody who has way too much money that doesn't know what the hell to do with it. Your job as a real estate investor is go out and find the opportunities, right? You go find the opportunities, you create win-win situations for people that are giving you money. And you do that after, you know, a couple of times and they'll just be like, sorry, when's the next deal coming? I got, I'm sitting on 2 million bucks, you know, I'm sitting on 20 million bucks, but that's the whole key is create win-win situations. And do you have a standard kind of projection that you're trying to pay people back in, in a percentage or is it deal on deal basis? Like what would people expect to receive? It depends on, um, like who's bringing in the money. So when I was um, fixing and flipping houses, right? Like I was actually closing on them. We were like fixing and flipping and stuff like that. It was all private money because trust me, I wouldn't even want to do my own mortgage. You know, it's a freaking nightmare only because I have multiple businesses and stuff. Like, you know, you know how it is, right? Taylor with BFS, you got multiple businesses and this and that, and you're a private lender too. Like me, like, oh my gosh, it's a nightmare to sort through, you know? So I would rather go the easy route, private money all day. And so I had a guy who had like 20 million bucks. He was out of Guelph. And, uh, you know, after I built a relationship with him, these were our terms and conditions pretty much. It was like, hey, Cy, I get it now. You know what? 15% down uh, from you. I don't care where you get it from. It could be from you. It could be from your HELOC. It could be from anybody else. I don't care. 15% down. If you're buying residential property, no problem. $1,000 lender fee, 7.25% interest rate. Fixer uppers, anything, anything goes, doesn't matter. Okay. So, but I mean, I didn't build that uh, overnight. Like that took time to build that kind of relationship, but that was the kind of money that I was getting. It was cheap. It was basically like the guy handed me a blank checkbook. Yeah. yeah no kidding. And then what you would just pay like kind of interest only payments while you had, while you held it or. That's right. Yeah. Interest only. Yeah. Like simple interest, just like private money, like a HELOC 7.25. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we do six months term. Sometimes we do a year. But ultimately, that's it. If I got somebody else that wants a piece of the pie, then I'm going to negotiate them down on obviously, hey, no lender fees, no interest rates. You're an equity partner. Now I'm going to negotiate how much they're going to get out of the deal once we sell it or once we flip it. So equity deal, just for listeners, that would be like, you know, you giving up a piece of the profit in terms of how much capital they invest. But how do you calculate your time and expertise in that? Like, because a lot of people will say, okay, I'm going to structure a deal. I don't have the money, but I'm going to find somebody that has the money. We'll split it 50 50. How do you um, quantify, I guess, your time and knowledge in terms of equity for that? That's typically how I structure it, Taylor, is 50 50, because okay. I don't want to bring any of my own money. That's just. Yeah. Honestly, like whenever I bring my own money, it takes the fun out of the game. So (laughs) if if somebody else brings the money, it's even better. Like even if I have it, I still don't want to bring in my own money, you know? Uh, So that's why I would rather find somebody bring all the money. 
I will uh, basically act like the PM who basically takes it from start to finish line. Yeah. And usually it's always going to be 50-50. I think that's fair. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Are these structured in a corp or is the JV, are they holding it in their name personally? Like, is there a preference that you have? I've done it all sorts of several ways. Like, I mean, I've done everything from, I'm not even on the property mm-hmm. type of JV as well, where I just do yeah. like a bare trust agreement or something like that. I've done JVs where we've created corps as well together and as a separate bank account dedicated to that corp. So everything's transparent. Everybody knows how much money's going in and out of the account, fully transparent, right? I've done JVs as well, where everybody had their own corp as well. I don't ever recommend going that way. I've learned a lot of lessons doing it wrong that way. All really depends on my JV partner on how I'm going to structure that deal. But you can ultimately do it any way that works best for the both of you. I do want to touch base on something you said a minute ago with private lending. Sure. I love it too. Um, It's got a place in the market and it's such a difficult conversation sometimes. Like seven and a quarter, I'm sure that was a a few years ago. Like that's an amazing (laughs) rate right now, you know? Like it's not far off from what just the conventional mortgage is. Well, if I call the guy, you probably say, you want nine side? Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's a scary number. Like right now, if you're talking to a private lender, you know, 10, 11, 12%, depending on area, deal, first position, yeah. position. But a lot of people get nervous with that. But if we're talking a six to 12 month term with a an exit strategy and it's interest only payments, the cost of borrowing is not that much if your profit margin is, you know, a multiple of that. So it, it is a mindset, right? Like if somebody comes up and says, Hey, I have this deal, we're going to finance it at 10% for the next 12 months. It would scare a lot of people off. So, you know, kudos to you for for having that abundant style mindset for sure. It's exactly what you said there, Tiller. Like, why do you think I buy at 80 cents on the dollar? Because I'm already factoring in the cost of acquisition, my carrying costs, all the private lending money, all that kind of stuff's built into the buy. Right? It makes yeah. everything else smoother. Plus, if you're gonna buy distressed homes, the bank's not gonna touch it anyways. Yeah, like they yeah. don't want to finance distressed houses, hand, uh, fixer uppers, handyman specials. Like if you, you yeah. want to flip houses, you better just get used to paying 10, 12, 15% on your money. Otherwise, don't even get in the game. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just trying to say that as nice as possible yeah. because that's just the reality. The bank won't touch those properties. Yeah. And it makes sense. If the numbers work, the numbers work regardless of what the interest rate is, right? If, if yeah. Exactly. Working, if, if you want to win the purchase, like if you're going in against five other people that are making offers, they have a 10 day subject to financing clause because they got to get all their paperwork through the bank and you come in with no finance, like because private lenders, like they'll commit to it on the day. So if you can come in really strong and aggressive, you know, you might be able to shave five or 10 grand off the purchase price, which is going to make up for that difference in interest, you know, over the next six months. So exactly, there, there's a place for it for sure. You know, we know you're moving to the States. What areas in Canada kind of most excite you for this type of business, doing flips, assignments, um, JVs, that type of stuff? For me, it's really just still in my own backyard. Yeah. Yeah, still in my own backyard, Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, the market's too hot. Prices are too high. It doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, it's just numbers. Like when, just like what Matt said, if the numbers don't work, you just move on. 
Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you move on. You, you, you remove an extra zero, you know, you yeah. offer a lower, like, I don't know, like <laughs> somebody else is going to pay market price. Your job is to get it under market price Yeah, and just collect the spread. Like keep it that simple. Yeah. And so you're the clients that you're coaching right now across Canada. Are they also like, are you finding the deals in Ontario for them or are they investing in their backyard? Like, do you have people in BC, Alberta, et cetera? I have clients from everywhere. I have clients from out west, uh, all over Ontario as well. I'm teaching them how to do this in their own backyard. Yeah, I would prefer that, especially if you're a brand new real estate investor. Um, even if you have very little experience, like the key thing is that you know if you invest in your own backyard, that's how you gain the experience. Because sometimes you might actually have to go and look at the house and do it that way. Whereas you know, like, what's the point of driving six, eight hours to go look at a property? where the seller's not even motivated anyways, is not going to sell it to you. Anyways. You just burned a whole day like doing yeah. nothing, right? So yeah. a lot of these times when I teach my clients, yes, we always start in our own backyard because it doesn't matter. What, uh, even when we're talking right now, there's some wholesalers, somebody flipping a house right now in your in your backyard you don't even know about because yeah. there's just so much inventory out there. Not on the MLS, but I'm saying like there's just a lot of housing in different pockets of neighborhood. Eventually, somebody wants your help. Eventually, somebody is going to sell you their property for under market value. You just got to go find it. I, I wanted to touch base on one other thing before we dive into the American stuff. Self-directed RSPs. Can you walk us through how that looks from an investor and somebody investing in that that product with you? Yeah, 100%. So my my guy from Golf with the uh, the 20 million, like he was using self-directed RSPs because every single time I saw the private mortgage commitment, it came from Olympia Trust. Right. And so like, that's why he was charging me like so cheap because he's like, listen, Sai, I mean, you got to understand, like, do you know what I make on this? If I put it elsewhere, you know, so it's like, cool, I'll give you seven and a quarter, right? Like all day. Um, But yeah, definitely. That's how I got exposed to it. And for myself personally, have I ever done it? Absolutely not. And only because last time I checked my RSP account, I had $30,000 in there because I've been an entrepreneur for like 10 years. And uh, when I was a T4 guy, that's what I contributed. You know, like 30,000 bucks. And I'm not even joking. Like last time I checked, it's still 30,000 bucks after like five years. Okay. So <laughs> inflation kicked his butt, you know, like I'm pretty sure I'm losing money in the account, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I love Olympia Trust. I like self-direct RSP. I think it's such a, an interesting way to raise capital, right? You know, if I had a lot more time on my hands, that's a route that I would go is raise capital through that way because people are sitting on so much RRSP money. It's insane. And you should be raising capital that way and going and buying like apartment buildings with this kind of money. You know what I mean? Go buy some serious multifamily or whatever and just give them like 7% of their money. Like that's way better than what they're going to get with their financial advisor. Yeah. So how that looks for the listeners if you have RSP funds or you want to contribute, obviously that's going to lower your tax bracket for that current year that you contributed, just like any other RSP product. But then since it's self-directed, you get to choose what you invested in. And you know, if it's something like size doing, somewhat of a syndication, then you guys can have an agreement where he pays you back an in interest, but you also get the, the tax benefit. Very cool product. And yeah, I do have some with Olympia Trust as well. Nice. With a similar one, but same as you, man. Like, yeah, anything that's just been sitting in RSP has really not been doing anything at all. So, yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> next thirty thousand dollars for a cheeseburger here in the next few years. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, right, Matt? Exactly, man. Like inflation is gonna like beat it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be a good cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's talk about like your next your next project. So you're moving into the states, essentially doing the exact same model. But as most investors know, the states probably has a few more opportunities and a, a bit more, a larger profit margin. So, yeah, walk us through that. Where are you looking? What markets are you excited about? Any difficulties you're you're seeing in the immediate future with that? Yeah. So just um, to let everybody know, like this is something that is brand new to me. I'm literally just starting in the states, and the reason yeah. why I decided to go in the states is not because. It has nothing to do with uh, Canada, okay? It's just because my coaching company now, like I'm growing it and it's weird. I actually, like I have people in my area as well that I'm coaching and I just don't want to compete with them. Like, it's just weird. I don't want to compete with my students because it's yeah, just such an unfair advantage. I got 10 years on them, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, you know what? I know my I know my system works. It'll work anywhere in North America. Doesn't matter. But one thing I have always wanted to try to do because I was coached by two U.S. guys was that why don't I just take the same system, same strategy, take it elsewhere in the States. So I'm looking at three states right now, uh, Florida, because I was just there in April on vacation. And ultimately, I think I want to have a vacation home there anyways. Yeah. So uh, Florida, uh, right around probably Orlando area or somewhere around there. I don't know yet. Doing market research right now. Or maybe Ohio only because like it's a it's just a cash cow there right now. Everything just makes sense. Even if you buy rental properties there and stuff, like the numbers just make sense for uh, for those areas. Like crazy, crazy cash cow area. And then my third area is just right across the border from Ontario. That's like that Detroit Buffalo style. Only because of the location. So if I had to go and uh, put out any fires, I can just literally drive there in about two hour drive. Yeah. Uh, so those are my three areas and the whole key and uh, game plan really is just to, uh, number one, do some market research. The way that I do my market research is simple. Just do this. Listen, pull up an MLS, pick a couple of areas you're interested in, pull up an MLS. I'll talk to a hundred realtors in that, uh, in that area. You know why? They already have everything I need to know. They'll share with me. By the time I talk to 100 realtors in that area, I'll know whether this is a an, an area that I want to invest in or not. Once I've dialed into those areas, then it's really just all, all about building a virtual team. Implement the same exact strategy that I'm using in Canada. It will work. And all I'm going to do is I'm just going to scale it like crazy in the States. Okay. So the, who's on your virtual team? Like, who do you look, What are you looking for? Uh, just uh, people on ground. Yeah. Right? Somebody to go walk through the properties for me. Somebody to go put out marketing for me, somebody to go take pictures for me. Yeah. Obviously have the realtor, have all the, you know, have a, a lawyer title company all set up as well. You got to have your accountant set up. Yeah. Just like pretty much everything that we do here in Canada. Yeah. It's just that you need more people on foot there. That's all because you won't be there. Yeah. 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 That makes a lot of sense. Are, are you wanting to hold any of these properties long-term or is it all get the appreciation, cash out, roll it into the next one. Like, do you want to do any buy and hold rentals? I do without using none of my own money. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> because what's crazy about the U.S. is this. We have like short-term mortgages, right? We have one, two, three, you're yeah. five, but the U.S. doesn't, okay? Yeah. They have 25, 30-year term mortgages, which is cool. Not only that, but what I was taught before I'm pretty sure it's still the same now. 
is that in Canada, we have to have mortgage and title matchup. Okay. But in the yeah. States, you don't need to do that. There's a way where you can literally take over that mortgage or assume it or something and own the property, literally take ownership of it. So I would rather approach people that are, let's just say they're in arrears or whatever. Like they might just be yeah. in arrears for maybe 10,000 bucks, man. Yeah. You know, and it's like, hey, you know what? Let me buy your house. I'll bring the mortgage up to date for 10,000 bucks. It could be somebody else's 10,000 bucks, not mine. And as long as I bring it up to 10,000 bucks, your credit, everything's saved. You're good now. Okay. You as a borrower, you're cool now, but now I'm going to take over the house. I'm going to own it. Right. We leave the mortgage the way it is. We write it out for 20, 25, 30 years, whatever. Maybe I'll do a rent to own with that owner. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe I might flip it to another buyer. I'm not sure, but it's just so much more creative things that you can do there only because of the way that their financing and everything works compared to ours. Yeah. You know, I heard about things where these guys, they literally go down to like the courthouse or whatever they call it. They have like a name for it. And literally it's a one pager that you bring with you. You get it notarized and all of a sudden you own the house. (laughs) It's not like here in Canada, man. You know, so there's just so much crazy things that, uh, that, that, you know, that you can do down there. Um, It's not a strategy that I would start with, but it's a strategy that I can transition to eventually. Yeah. And are you going to be getting other people's money? in Canada and bringing it there? Or do you find other people's money in America? I could do a little bit of both. Yeah. I could do a little bit of both. Um, and just like Matt's point earlier, where, you know, who's part of my team. Yeah. It could be a lot of private lenders, uh, down there as well that are just willing to, uh, lend money and put money out on deals. And that's cool with me as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if I was as motivated and energetic as you are, I would be going to the States. It is Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there for sure. A lot. But here's the thing though, right? There's also a lot more competition as well though. Yeah. Right? Like they have way more competition than we do. But uh, whatever, like that never stops me. I mean, I think ultimately the guy who has the best sales and marketing skills will always win anyway. So (laughs) it just means like I just got to get better at that, you know? (laughs) Healthy competition's always good. Yeah. Pardon me, Taylor? Healthy competition's always good. Exactly. Yeah, it keeps you better too. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then so are you you're still working with coaches as well? Like you're still getting coached? All the time, Taylor. Yeah. So we actually our podcast that it hasn't been released yet, but it'll come out before this show. Um, we were speaking to a coach and you know, pros and cons. Well, no real cons to have a coach, but yeah, do you just want to touch base a little bit on that? Like the importance of having a coach, mentorship, the value in you know, spending money on your own education yeah 100 percent. i mean i i've invested in myself for like the whole 10 years like honestly i think i've taken in the last 10 years i've probably taken in total about six to eight months off of coaching that's it crazy man you know like i've easily spent well over six figures into coaching but it has paid me like man so much money i couldn't even ever imagine the pros are look you're only going to get better okay and i have this saying and i go something like this like skills first the money always comes later, right? Yeah. Yeah. I only have good things to say about coaching. The only thing that I would say that I negative about coaching is that just do your homework, right? Do your homework, do your due diligence, make sure that, you know, whatever coach you're going to, you know, anybody you're going to give your money to just make sure they're, they're the real deal, you know, make sure that their intentions are to really, really help you. Is They're not just transactional, right? 
I don't know if you're part of 10 loans a month, Taylor. Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. It's on the list at some stage, but Ryan just lives down the street. So we do catch oh, up. Does he? Okay. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. the kind of coaching, coaching company that I want to build. You know, uh, there's a reason why uh, they're successful because in my opinion, they have the highest uh, success rate for their clients. Like hands down, number one, Canada's coaching company for mortgage agents. And when I went through that program myself, like, man, when I signed up for that program, I'm not kidding you, like it cost me 10,000 bucks, okay? 12 weeks only, by the way, right? Best investment I ever made in my life. You know, I've been with them for like four or five years now, but it was the best investment I ever made because it opened so many doors for me. It made me a way better mortgage agent than I can ever imagine. But it also gave me a good reflection of what a good coaching company should look like, right? I was like, man, I want to I wanna build something like that good where, you know, your client's success rate is through the roof. Um, and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure my people are successful. You know what I mean? And I think like to find something like that, to build something like that, or if you get that kind of value from any coaching company that you ever are a part of, that's the kind of stuff you want to look for. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. do you do coaching for mortgage brokers and investors, their side? I, I do um, uh, coaching for real estate investors. Like that's my own jam. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So my own jam is like my own coaching company is for brand new real estate investors. And I only work with brand new real estate investors. Like I don't work with, you know, guys that already have like 20 properties and have millions of dollars in their bank account. Yeah. My whole niche is like, keep it so simple, Matt. It's yeah. for that brand new investor. It's for that investor that basically has very little experience. Yeah. And my job is just to go and teach them how to go flip a couple of houses, you know, make like six figures or whatever they're happy with. Because yep. I really believe that that's the foundation of everything. You know, once yep. you make like six figures uh, flipping houses, I guarantee you, you will feel way more confident. Yep. And then you can build more strategies on top of that. It's like, okay, cool. Do you want to go do rent to own? Do you want to go do rentals? Do you want to go do multifamily? Because when you start by flipping houses, it gives you the foundation. It teaches you the skill on how to go find properties, which you need to know how to do as a real estate investor anyways. Yeah. It teaches you the skill on how to go find money and use other people's money. And it teaches you skills on how to go network and find other buyers. That is the foundation of everything real estate investing. So that's my jam. Like I keep it that simple. Start off with that and then go and do something. Because I don't believe in, you know, just throwing somebody right into like a hundred unit multifamily and say, Hey, let me coach you how to go do these. Because if they haven't even written an offer before in their life, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just funny. Unless they're to like Taylor, about... you know, Taylor's like that one odd guy who just like jumps into like, yeah, I'm just going to go buy like, you know, like all these units, but he's like the odd case, man. You know, he's like, I talked to a lot of investors in my life and I'm telling you, man, never met a guy like Taylor before. <laughs> I just didn't know. I didn't know, you know? So that was my, <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny listening to you uh, uh, talk about finding like places to buy. And like, I listened to, uh, bigger pockets and they always talk about this too like the investors go out there and find these leads to go buy them houses but as an agent i'm like i feel like these investors could teach these agents in general how to find this many leads like how do you buy this many houses how do you find these many people willing to sell at lower than market value like how do you find them i feel like that's a yeah agents could have a lot to learn from that it's funny how you can be really humble about that matt yeah. and and realize that because it's true man you know that's just reality like it's true yeah yeah, I know. Like investors are really savvy, man. Investors are extremely savvy. They know how to go find deals. 
And it's just, it's just one of those things that you got to get good at if you want to be like a good real estate investor. If I was a realtor though, I would be making friends with a lot of wholesalers and real estate investors. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't be serving them and going and helping them find properties. Okay. And that's just me being real, but I would make friends with them and say, Hey, listen, you can't buy everything. And when you come across sellers that don't want to sell to you at 80 cents on the dollar, can you at least refer them to me? It's like, no, don't. Out? Like, seriously, yeah. let's try this thing on the MLS, you know, like, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, why not? <laughs> and if you, and all real estate investors want from realtors is this, please give me comps. Like, just yeah. give me comps, you know, tell me I'm not crazy. Tell me my ARV is not crazy. That's all, you know, as a realtor, that might take you what, five, 10 minutes. Yeah. But you make friends with investors like that and they will always send you deals. I did it all the time for my realtors. They loved me for it. They were always calling me and trying to wine and dine me because they're like, yo, Sai, man, you know, yeah. any yeah. properties you can't buy, you know, make sure you're thinking about me. And I, I would give them like gift wrapped it listings and say, here you go. I already yeah. warmed you up. I already warmed yeah. the seller up to you. They don't want to sell it with me, but I told them that you're a great agent. And then that agent ended up getting the listing and selling it. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Like, let's say you say you want to buy houses at 80 cents on the dollar. I'm like, man, if I, if there could just be more listings that want to sell for a hundred cents on the dollar, we'd be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? It's like, yeah, that's kind of funny to think about it that way. Yeah. I think that's a major opportunity for, could be for agents for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I do find you wear, you wear a different hat if you are a professional in the industry, right? Like Matt. So before you started to be an agent, you were probably more actively looking at properties to buy as an investment. Well, like I was messaging people like rentals, right? Like, yeah. hey, do you want to do you want to sell your house? And that's, so that's how I found, like, I found them like that, yeah. right? Like, now, now that I'm an agent, I don't do that. Clients, right? I do the same thing. Like, I'm doing less on my own portfolio because I'm all my creativity now goes to clients. Like, how can we buy this? Okay, now you need this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then months go by and I'm like, Oh man, I haven't analyzed any of my own deals because I'm trying to help other people do it. But yeah. it is satisfying. Like for you, Sai, you know, that must be such a great feeling when a student comes back to you after six months and they're like, Hey, I'm making more than I'm, you know, in my day job, like I'm ready to quit. And you're probably like, Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. You know, keep that, <laughs> keep that T4 for one more year. Cause you could do this. But uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what a cool man. you. That, that's what it's all about, right? Is like, you know, you get paid to make people better. Amazing yeah. life. I'm like, I love waking up every day because that's what I got to do. Like I get paid to make people better and I get paid to basically show people how to make money. Like yeah. crazy to me, you know, it's a nice way to live your life, man. That's why when I went through 10 loans, I'm like, I want to model that, you know, like that $10,000 yeah. was like the best investment I ever made. I want somebody to feel that same way when they go through my coaching program as well. Like, so I give you an example, Taylor, just last week, I was talking with my clients, like my students, and I'm like, guys, you know, I got people that are sitting on some serious money as well. Okay. And so I put together a deal, like I'm literally putting together right now, like a million dollars in in private mortgages that somebody wants, right? Somebody, hey, sorry, you know, I'm looking for a million bucks in private mortgages, whatever. And I'm literally going to package this whole deal and give that opportunity to all my clients to make so that anybody who's in my program can now make 12, 15% of their money just by being in the program, man, you know, like passively, dude. Sorry, what did you do before you uh, got into this? I was an IT consultant, man. Yeah, In my previous life, I was an IT consultant. Like I'm, I'm from a, a city called Kitchener. Yeah. And uh, I had to go to work 
in Toronto, which is like yeah. about a two hour commute. And so every day my life was like, hell man, I, um, I was commuting like four hours a day, pretty much. Oh like my God. And like in yeah. traffic too, like, yeah, well, I was on public transportation. Like I didn't even want to drive. If I, if I was driving that, it would have cost me three and a half hours, one way there, one way back. It would cost me six, seven hours of my life a day. Oh man. But that's why I, I was so driven and motivated <laughs> to leave that life. Cause I'm like, yo man, I'm going to go and flip the most expensive thing <laughs> that anyone's ever going to own. Because I figured if I did that, then my yeah. bank account would explode. Yeah. And then that way I can just lend out my bank account now and yeah. literally just retire from my nine to five. And that's, that was my mission. You know, it was like, I did anything I could possibly do to make sure that that became a reality. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. I used to live in the burbs around Vancouver and then drive into Vancouver for work every day. And yeah. like, I only did that for like a year or something. And during that year, I was like, this is the worst thing I have ever done. Like this has taken <laughs> years off my life. How does every car in here do this for their entire career? Like, how is that even possible? You know, like you need to be listening to some better podcasts, I think. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't that's know. What I'm right now. Yeah. <laughs> like for real, that is just it's terrible. It's it's awful doing that. And it's not it is it's awful. not like when you drive around in Kelowna, you have an hour drive, but like you're staring at the lake. You can see some deer, some sheep on the side of the road. Like it's beautiful everywhere you go. When you're in traffic like that, it's bumper to bumper, concrete jungle, miserable driving. It's just it's just terrible. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend doing something else besides that. Yes. hundred percent, dude. That's yeah. what motivated me to get out of it was yeah. I just couldn't see myself doing that anymore. Yeah. No, yeah. good. Uh, obviously it worked out well for you. Yeah. I'm stoked we could share your story. Cause I mean, it is pretty inspirational and you know, you hear the naysayers dispute these arguments all the time. Like, Oh, you can't do it in my market or you can't use other people's money or you, you know, um, so I'm glad that we could have you on the show and just, you know, full transparency. You have been doing it, you know, for the last 10 years, you're teaching other people to do it. You have a scalable business model you're taking to the States. So yeah, we'll put all your information in the show notes. We'll definitely obviously encourage people to reach out to you, but we would like to, to dive into our ice maker round, just a real quick rapid fire, some questions at you. Time for everyone's favorite part of the show, the ice maker section brought to you by myself, Matt Glenn. I think I know this answer, but if you could buy a, and this is normally tailored to the Okanagan, obviously, but if you could purchase property anywhere in the world, uh, where would it be investment recreational? Right now, my, the, th the first thing that comes to mind is Florida for sure. Orlando, Florida vacation home, you know, go away for a couple months a year. It's just good for the mindset, man. That's sunshine, you know? <laughs> yeah, cool. So what was, an investment there, not a recreational property there, Sai? Not yet anyway? Well, you know, no, it would be purely recreational for sure. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. Like I wouldn't even want it there for the money, to be honest. It would just yeah. be like my go-to to just get away from the, the winter, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I love that. Sai, what's the best thing you've ever spent money on? Uh, 10 loans a month, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 Best 10,000 bucks I ever spent. Yeah. Your personal education. Love it. Yeah. So plug for Ryan Wiley and... Uh, I think Scott Peckford created it originally and, and Ryan and uh, Jason Henneberry, I think are running it, running it now, but yeah, that's for mortgage agents, um, how to coach them in their business. So if there's any brokers listening to this, then great resource to reach out to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Highly recommend. Okay. Best book and or quote that you have. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm guilty. I don't read that much. I'll be honest with you. Okay. So I don't know if I really have like a, a best book or something, but uh best quote is from Jim Rohn. 
And it just goes yeah. something like, you know, uh, successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Uh, don't wish you were easier, just wish you were better. And yeah. that's just kind of like my model every day because I always say, you know what, stop complaining about why things are hard. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, just get better. Like yeah. you get better, everybody. things get easier. That's all. Yeah. I love Jim Rohn. I'm like a Jim Rohn fiend. <laughs> yeah. He's got yeah. a ton of quotes I love. Yeah. He's like every, like I read all his books and like, and listen to all his seminars and like they are, uh, everything he says is just money right on the money. Timeless. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. much. Yeah. Very much timeless. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. We'd love to have you back. Um, how can our listeners reach out to you, Instagram, whatever? We'll put everything in the show notes. But yeah, what's the best way our listeners can kind of support you? Um, yeah, I mean, just come join my free uh, Facebook group. That's my main hub there. Yeah, I love it if you guys just come join. Check me out, right? Connect with me there. And, uh, you know, don't be a stranger. Like, I'm not uh, scary or anything. So, you know, I won't bite, I promise. <laughs> I love it, Sai. It's been awesome talking to you. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for having me here, man. A pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Kelowna Real Estate Podcast. Be sure to reach out and let us know how else we can add value to your Kelowna real estate journey. Please show some support by hitting the like, share, and subscribe button. This is sponsored by Matt Glenn Real Estate and Taylor Adventure Mortgages.